The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, sorry, everybody. Um, look, we are one big happy family here, yeah? Now, I've been trying to welcome you new guys. You know, I didn't want you here, but you're here now, so, you know, well done. Welcome. But... If there's one thing I don't like, it's nicknames, yeah? Because nicknames are bad names, yeah? They're not helpful, yeah? They can be very hurtful to people. Not to me, it's like water for ducks back. But, you know... You used to call Malcolm Kojak. That was affectionate, you know? He was a great detective and a, a fine actor. Well, maybe yeah. Mr Toad's affectionate. Who's Mr Toad? Some people call you that as well. I thought I was Bluto. Yeah, Bluto and Mr. Toad. Why am I Mr. Toad? There's the face again. What? It's an insult, isn't it? Very... Body fascism. That's what that is. The Toad is the ugliest of all the amphibians. I can't... If we're handing out insults for being fat, let's have a go at him. Look at him. Why... And he's got glasses. Let's call... Four eyes as well. Why don't we call him Fatty Fatty Toad Boy if we're... You know, at least start on him and then move on. Mr. Toad, I can't... Bob Seska! Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show! From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, April 19, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I, of course, am Fatty Fatty Toad Boy. Hello, Bob. No, I'm Bob. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It is the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get the best lawyer in the world at thebowenlawgroup.com. And no, he will not pay off porn stars for you. Sorry. Says who? Okay, lots to talk about today. It's going to be a fun show because guess who's here? It's Kimberly A. Johnson. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. TV's Kimberly <laughs> A. Johnson is here, author of uh, Peyton's Choice, and she's the, the co-host of the Start Me Up podcast at patreon.com slash startmeup. And lots of other great things. Yeah, um, like, for instance, which something I never, ever push, which is uh, the site I run with my mother called arcstories.com. It's actually ark-stories.com. And it's just a collection of all our books. We have books that uh, that I've done alone. Mm-hmm. She's done alone. She writes thrillers. And then we have books we did together, uh, usually compilations. Like, we interviewed people on how they lost virginity. Yep. And we also interviewed men. And uh, <gasps> on how they handle <laughs> shock, <laughs> shock. Uh, you know, we're us man haters. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed men on how they deal with having a broken heart. Yeah. And I just did the cover for your mom's new book. Well, it's actually her, not her new book, but it's the new release of her old book, which is called The People Next Door. And the cover is fucking awesome. Like by I the way. said, like I said, a new release of an old book. Didn't yeah, I you, say that? I, I thought I said no. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, Kimberly is working on a new book right now, right? You're yes, working I on am. something brand new. Brand and it's, spanking new. It's exciting. I haven't seen a single word of what you're writing yet, but no. it's supposed to be. What What did generally, do you want to mention what you're writing about yeah, now? Or I, is that I'm, secret? I'm going to be uh, writing about my dating experiences, but it's also going to be about how, uh, you know, I used to be an actor in Los Angeles. I worked on Days of Our Lives for seven years as a police officer. Not a huge role, but ongoing. Anyway, uh, I worked as an actress and 
I, I deal with body image issues. And so I'm going to kind of correlate how um, my negative body image issues affected <laughs> the way I viewed love. So right. it's going to it's not going to be a sad book. But I mean, obviously, there were times as a single woman where I like was incredibly dramatic, crying myself to sleep because I didn't have a boyfriend or whatever it was. And or, you know, or just stupid views that I had about relationships and mm-hmm. about myself. Yep. So I'm going to, it's like kind of sad in a way, but um, it's going to also be entertaining. And, and so far, as you pointed out, I haven't really been, although you didn't, I don't think you read American Woman. There was some humor in American Woman. Not a lot. It's not a humorous book, but I, I, oh, I, humor, thought, it was, I thought it was very funny. Some, some things were funny, but, yep. um, and, and of course this isn't going to be a, a, a constant, you know, laugh out loud riot, but I can be, <laughs> I can let my humorous side out a little bit more in this one. Yeah. And there's what one chapter is called nicknames are bad <laughs> yeah, names. Nicknames are bad names. <laughs> God, I love that. I love that man, Ricky Gervais. And that was the UK version of The Office at the top of the show here today. Okay, we got lots to talk about. Speaking of body image, we're going to be talking about Karen McDougal's settlement, and we're going to get into Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenatti here uh, in just a second. Michael Avenatti's going to be here? Yes, he's going to be right here smelling of cigars. Cigars. Cigars and Michael Cohen's flop sweat. That's what (laughs) what Michael Avenatti smells like these days. And of course, lots about Russia. Lots about Michael Cohen, of course, but you know, I wanted to start with this uh, this McDougal thing because as Rachel began her segment last night, I was going, "Why this is a terrible deal? Why? Why do they? Why? Why? Why did they settle for this terrible, terrible deal?" Karen McDougal's this uh, former Playboy model, Playboy playmate, who (laughs) for some reason. At least what she claims is she fell in love with yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Everyone loves that sound effect, by the way. So um, I love to play it just to make everyone sick. But I mean, the, the the most disgusting thing that you could use to make people nauseous while listening to a podcast is to say that a Playboy playmate was somehow in love with Donald Trump. I still don't understand. Maybe you can enlighten us a little bit in terms of because you're writing this book and, and you're detailing all these stories about all of these, uh, well, I wouldn't say all of them were zeros, but some of them are zeros. How did, what's the, why do these women fall for uh, Donald Trump? I mean, Karen McDougal, Stormy Daniels slept with Donald Trump. Yeah, I can't even Stormy, imagine. Okay, let me just say this. First of all, with Stormy, when she was on 60 Minutes, yeah. at least what I got from what she was saying was that she put herself in a situation, which I've done, and I've written about it. Yeah. She put herself in a situation where she felt as if, she gave the green light or gave him the indication that they were going to have sex. And instead of saying, you know what, I'm leaving, she felt as if kind of the idea of like, I made the bed, I got to lie in it now. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, I think that's where she was coming from. She thought, oh, God, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he, le-, which she didn't have to have sex with him. But she chose to do it for whatever reason. She didn't do it because she was attracted to him. Yeah. She just did it because she felt like, okay. Now, Karen McDougal, on the other hand, uh, according to what she says, yes, she fell in love with him. The only thing that I can take from that, and I mean, I don't know. I'm yeah. not a psychologist. I don't know her. So I'm only guessing here. But I think that sometimes powerful men, um, you know, and, and obviously, even though he's a fucking idiot, uh, he's a powerful man. Even when he was a stupid reality, that's true. Well, loser. he's got he's got money, and the assumption yeah, is, I guess, fame, what if, and if fame and celebrity? Yeah, if you sleep with him, then maybe you'll yeah, get your maybe hands you'll on some get of that something cash. out of it. Yeah. And and so sometimes there are. Now, this was not the case for me because I, I mean, never chose. I had the opportunity to sleep with men who were uh, powerful and who I didn't find attractive, and I was like, bye. But <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just I I think that in her case, it was more about like convincing herself that she was in love with him because, um, you know, when you get involved with a a married man, um, there I think that there is this idea of she wanted to win his affection. Yeah, she wanted to to be so important that he would drop his wife to be with her. Right. I don't even think it had to do about anything to do about Trump. Mm-hmm. It was more about this narrative in her head. Yeah. And and then again, you know, he's powerful and maybe she'll get something out of it and so she convinces herself that she's in love with him. I don't really think that she truly was. Well, you have to convince yourself. You have to delude yourself, I suppose, because 
Look at that picture of Stormy Daniels with Donald Trump, where his whole face just looks like a zit. It just I've had zits that are better looking than Trump's <laughs> face wearing that hat, the stupid shirt, and yeah. he just looks puffy and red and disgusting and monstrous and basically what Trump looks like every damn day. <laughs> and so I guess she had to just convince herself, well, maybe there's some cash at the other end of this disgusting orange rainbow. And yeah, so I mean, maybe there's that the was the idea motivation. that Karen McDougal wanted to be Melania you know she wanted to live in the gold disgusting mansion and on you know Trump Tower yeah the vulgar she wanted that lifestyle and so because she wanted that lifestyle she convinced herself she was in love with him but I think she was in love with the lifestyle well so what's going to happen now with Karen McDougal is she's free to talk about her affair with Donald Trump but $75,000 right off the top of every dollar well $75,000 she has to pay to the Inquirer. yeah but what if she got a book deal for two million well then fine but she still has to pay the Inquirer $75,000 right, and right. the other thing is too they had an opportunity to enter into discovery and all of these uh, court sanctioned steps that could have proven a lot of what she's been saying about Trump uh, at least in that CNN interview but now it's all just going to be like a he said she said however and this is the one big point that the big takeaway from all of this which is that I guess this is what she wanted. I guess this is all she wanted. And if that's what she wanted, then great success. Good for you. Pat well, on the back to Karen McDougal. Her was talking to Rachel. That guy yeah. uh, was kind of strange. But anyway. Yeah, um, cocaine. <laughs> yeah, cocaine. He, he, he kept insisting, you know, Rachel came from, you know, saying what you did, basically, like what what was so great what about this victory. Hell? But, you know, he kept insisting that this was a victory. And I will say that let's just say her intention um, is to, to to do nothing, which according mm-hmm. to her lawyer is the case. She's not going to write anything. She's not going to do... I think that it is a victory in that she was let out of this uh, contract that kept her silent. Yeah. And, and moving forward in other cases, like the Stormy Daniels case, I think this is kind of a promising sign. But even if she is interested in writing something, if she's being offered millions of dollars to write a book, then... $75,000 is nothing mm-hmm. if she's going to get millions of dollars. That's so, true, but So still. I just feel like, what difference does it make that they're getting this? I, I don't think... It, like, Rachel painted it like it was this horrible deal, but... I don't necessarily, I don't know what she wants. Yeah. And I, I don't know what her end game is, but I, I would say out of those two scenarios, she's still coming out winning because she won getting out of the contract. And it, and then she, uh, if she decides to write something, clearly she's going to make more than $75,000. So yeah. who cares? Right. She could be a millionaire. She's not, if she's not a millionaire now, this could make her a millionaire and giving 75 grand AMI is going to be nothing for her. Yeah. And I guess a lot of my reaction to all of this, and maybe perhaps some of Rachel's reaction to this last Last night on her show was basically uh, born out of the idea that we're expecting some of these people to expose the the criminality of Donald Trump and Michael Cohen and all the people that surround them. And I I think that's that's a a little bit too much. I think those expectations are way too high. I mean, she's all she is, is somebody who had an an affair with Trump. Right. I mean, I don't know uh, if there's something that she's not telling us. As far as, you know, threats or, or anything like that. Um, I mean, I, I guess we have, uh, was she paid off? I, no, what happened was, she, well, she was paid off by the Inquirer. Right. And the Inquirer paid her off and then decided to bury the story. Well, see, and again, and, that could be Trump money. Yeah. That could be money funneled in oh, yeah. to the National Inquirer. So there is possible... Uh, criminal activity there, right? I mean, if it was coming from... um, uh, Can you imagine the discovery with David Pecker alone? Oh, my God. When was she paid off? I don't remember. I don't know. So then if she wasn't paid... Okay, if she was not paid off... Um, my my brain is full of Russian names. I can't remember when <laughs> Karen well, McDougal I mean, was paid off. Providing she was paid off before the whole presidential thing happened, mm-hmm. then I, I guess there's nothing criminal about that. No. Um, so... As far as I'm concerned, Karen McDougal winning this case, for me, mm-hmm. just is a promising um, kind of event for 
future people who have had issues and affairs or secrets or whatever where Trump is concerned. Well, meanwhile, uh, Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenatti are like the the first couple right now of trolling Trump, oh which I, God, I just I fucking love them. They are doing such a valuable public service, and it's so weird to be saying that about you know an adult film star and her lawyer, but it's true. They are trolling the shit out of Donald Trump and Michael Cohen in ways that none of us, <laughs> not even not even the the mainstream television press, not the print press, not the blogs, not Twitter. Nobody can troll Donald Trump the way Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenatti are trolling Donald Trump. And they're doing a beautiful, beautiful oh, job. Gorgeous. It is so valuable. You know, what what I doing. especially love is uh, back in 2012, when I first got involved in all of this political commentary and yeah. blogging, um, I had written a open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut. And that's kind of what started everything for me. And yeah. and then uh, this woman who was uh, running at the time, the page Rock the Slut Vote, asked me if I would uh, be the spokesperson for Rock the Slut Vote. Uh-huh. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, so that was kind of my entry into this whole political thing and that I'm doing right now. And the idea with Rock the Slut Vote is, you know, at that time specifically, he called, you know, Limbaugh called Sandra Fluck a slut, and uh, Republicans are inferring women are sluts because they either like to have sex or they want to use birth control, and we're all whores and sluts because we like sex, and blah, blah, blah. So the idea is, well, if I'm a, you know, if, if uh, I'm a slut because I take birth control, well, then color me a slut, baby, and I vote. <laughs> so anyway, I look right. at Stormy, who is somebody who the right loves to paint as a slut mm-hmm. and um, she is like leading the charge yeah and I just love that I mean I don't think she's a slut but I mean she's a slut like I am I mean they didn't have to turn way. they didn't have to it's turn up job. to these hearings in SPNY with Michael Cohen <laughs> but there they are I mean even you could pick them right out in the sketches too yeah like it's it's Avenatti it's Stormy and of course Stormy's two friends and they're <laughs> Sitting right behind Michael Cohen, just giving him the just burning holes in his back with their eyeballs. I know I mean, she's outside of the courtroom in front of the microphone, and she's just going off too. It's yeah, it's so wonderful. Well, and you know that wherever she goes now, and wherever Avenatti goes now, they're going to be pursued by press, and not just the political press, but the tabloid press. Yeah, so it's and, everywhere, and yeah, it's everywhere. And then the message of trolling Trump, which ultimately, if nothing comes of the whole Stormy Daniels affair. All that matters really, as far as I'm concerned, is that she's making Trump's life and Michael Cohen's life a living goddamn hell. Well, but and that's th- worth the price of admission. As and far then as she's I'm also, uh, if she wins this case, she's going to give $130,000 to Planned Parenthood. Well, that's also but good. But beyond that, um, it's it's this is not about the affair. Like Karen McDougal, it was all about the affair. Right. Stormy Daniels is not about an, a time she had sex with him once in a hotel room. It's about the cover-up, the payoff, and the bodily the the threats of bodily harm. That's what this is all about. And perhaps she was paid off with campaign money. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think it's a this has nothing to do with sex. Right. Like who gives a shit if they had sex? I don't care if he had sex with Karen McDougal. I really don't care. I'm glad that she got what she wanted um, instead of him winning. Right. If she wanted to get out of that contract for whatever reason, I don't care what her reasoning is, the fact that she got out of it, because if she doesn't want to write a book, she doesn't have to pay anybody anything. And um, But with Stormy, it's totally a different scenario. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing with Karen McDougal is they'll just be able to blast through whatever she says into, into a whole he said, she said thing where they're just going to discredit her and wh- where there's no really no evidence as far as we know. I mean, yeah. just, I mean well, does she have pictures? Or? Co- she might have pictures and pictures and then my pictures. Pick, pictures. Pictures. <laughs> and Michael Cohen, God only knows what they have on, you know, on tape. Right. Meanwhile, did you see uh, Stormy Daniels' penthouse cover? Yes, she is just like fuck you, Mega. It's it's so exciting. Do you think we'll actually get to see her vagina? Do you think know, we'll maybe. actually get to see? Oh, vagina, vagina. Stormy Daniels' vagina exposed. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm I'm kidding, of course. You, all you got to do is go to Pornhub and type in Stormy Daniels, and you can see everything, doing everything in every possible scenario uh so yeah of course there's nothing in penthouse that you cannot yeah. see for free anyplace else yeah just, but it's just kind of awesome that but it, she, yeah it's, i mean with the american again, it's all a troll she's it's holding her boob and she's got like the american the flag. flag around her it's a and big fuck you to the magus of course yeah exactly and right and and every newsstand where they sell penthouse magazines she's going to be staring down at them i love like, that yeah i've got i the just best. love her i think she is yeah. awesome yeah and she again she's doing this 
this visible, visible trolling. And I just love every second of that. Meanwhile, you see Trump tweeted, uh, I believe it was yesterday, he said uh, about the sketch that was released, which is, I, I think that sketch, the sketch of the alleged bon Jovi. perpetrator who intimidated her. Yeah, you were saying John Bon Jovi, and I, uh, Jackie Schechner was also saying John Bon Jovi. I was saying John Eric Hexum, which is <laughs> just like, everyone's like, what? what? Who are you talking well, about? Well, I also thought it was a little bit like a young Harry Hamlin. <laughs> young Harry Hamlin, <laughs> right. Well, then they're also hypothesizing that the sketch could be this security guard from the Trump organization. Right. And I'm not seeing that. Well, there so was much. actually, there was one more, and now... Oh, God, who was it? It was some blog came mm-hmm. up with someone else, too. I don't know. I think the whole point here is that they put it out publicly because um, you never know. It, yeah. They could get they could find him. Well, speaking of uh, affairs with Donald, sexual, deeply sexual affairs with Donald Trump, Ted Cruz somehow managed to shove his head all the way up <laughs> Trump's ass somehow. And penned an article for or an essay a tribute if you will to donald trump in time magazine this is an astonishing three paragraphs for someone who let's set this up ted cruz during the campaign was personally accused repeatedly of being a liar remember lion ted that was his that was his nickname and as we know nicknames are bad names and so he was uh, lion ted and ted cruz or uh, donald trump accused uh his father of being a conspirator in the jfk assassination and then he went after ted cruz's wife too And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, okay, you can separate business and personal to an extent. But when they go after your dad and they go after your wife, that's like a bridge too far. And yet Ted Cruz still manages to pucker up Mm -hmm. and, and bend over like the cuck that he is. Why are people so loyal to this monster? Let's. Let's bring in some appropriate music and read this uh, this Time Magazine essay penned by Ted Cruz in tribute to Donald Trump. All right, I, got this. I think this will work. <laughs> President Trump is a flashbang grenade thrown into Washington by the forgotten men and women of America. The fact that his first year as commander-in-chief disoriented and distressed members of the media and political establishment is not a bug, but a feature. I have no idea what that means. (gasps) The same cultural safe spaces that blinkered coastal elites to candidate Trump's popularity have rendered them blind to President Trump's achievements on behalf of ordinary Americans. While pundits obsessed over tweets, he worked with Congress to cut taxes for struggling families. While wealthy celebrities announced that they would flee the country, he fought to bring back jobs and industries to our shores. While talking heads predicted Armageddon, President Trump's strong stand against North Korea put Kim Jong-un back on his heels. Yeah, that's a big joke. Oh, vagina's vagina. (laughs) President Trump is doing what he is elected to do, disrupt the status quo. That scares the heck out of those who have controlled Washington for decades. But for millions of Americans, their confusion is great fun to watch. So, yeah. I have That's... two words for him. <laughs> Beta O'Rourke. <laughs> hey. Beta O'Rourke is, uh, that race is too close to call right now. Yeah, it's the fucking awesome. Texas Senate race. 47% of Texas voters support Cruz, while 43 back O'Rourke. The numbers I saw yesterday, though, were a lot more narrow. I think it was like somewhere within the margin of error. I want to say it was 44, 47, not 43, 47. Hmm. But nevertheless, it looks like a Democrat could end up taking oh, over. That would just be divine. That Senate seat in Texas, right? And so that's where we really got to look. And I don't want to go off into the midterm numbers here as far as Senate versus House and what we can expect. Suffice to say, it's going to be much more challenging on the Senate side, just yeah. given the, the number of Democrats who have to protect their seats versus the number of Republicans who have to protect their seats. And one of those Republicans is Ted Cruz, and it looks like his seat is definitely, definitely vulnerable. Well, one of the things I, I interviewed on my podcast, uh, Texas candidate Laura Moser, and uh-huh. one of the things that she said was that uh, Texas is not necessarily a red state. Uh, I can't remember how she, she just said Democrats just don't even bother voting. Yeah, And um, this year changes that with all of the grassroots organization and um i think that obviously because trump is president there's the resistance and all of that mm-hmm. so 
there is a huge push right now, a groundswell and a grassroots swell of, of, of people knocking on doors and making the effort where they didn't before. <laughs> Maybe that effort would have been lost, but it, you know, in past years, this year though is completely different. So it's true. It, he could, um, he could change the landscape. Mm-hmm. The people need to vote. Yeah. And vote, you know, vote, vote. That's exactly right. You know what I've been saying? There's not going to be a blue wave unless you vote. Unless, And it's gonna, it's got to be much more than just voting. As you were saying, right. you got to get out and knock on doors, tell all your friends, get every, every friend. Who's, yeah. I mean, if you talk to friends who are left-leaning and they're not registered to vote, drag them by their goddamn ear to wherever you need to, to register them to vote and get them registered and then drag them to the polling place on election day, even if it's uh, early polling or whatever you want to do. That's the that's going to be the key. No blue wave unless that exactly happens. Well, and, and also, I think people should have a plan, especially the people who it's harder for them for whatever reason, because of um, gerrymandering and all this stuff, I think that you know, if if you're someone who works and election day, get, take election day off in advance, request it off so that you don't have to worry about it. Oh, by the way, you know what? I was going to read this Trump tweet. I just completely oh. forgot. I was read this Trump tweet about this sketch about this. Oh, oh, that's right. Stormy Daniels sketch where Trump said a sketch years later about a non-existent man. A non-existent uh, man, okay, so he knows. Yeah, how does he know? Uh, then he continues by saying, a total con job playing the fake news media for fools, but they know it. This is like their whole thing, like the fake news media loves Trump and yeah. loves all of the scandals around it because then they get ratings, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. But I, I love that he calls out this being a uh, a total con job. Mm-hmm. Because who knows con jobs more right. than Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy, and I, I really want to spend some time on this, which is... <laughs> Talk about a con job. Donald Trump tweeted this while he was in Mar-a-Lago with Prime Minister Shinzo Abe of Japan. Now, what's significant about this? Uh, it's the same significance as every time he goes to Mar-a-Lago, but in particular, when he goes to Mar-a-Lago with other overseas heads of state, like Shinzo Abe or his buddy, uh, President Xi from China, who loves the, the big, beautiful chocolate cake. China. He is stealing American taxpayer money. This is profiteering. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is profiteering off of these state trips to Mar-a-Lago, et cetera, all these weekend excursions. He has not divested from any of his businesses, especially in including the Trump organization. And that means that Donald Trump and his kids and his stupid, stupid, stupid kids, Eric and Kusey, <laughs> who's the other one? Donald Trump Jr. Derp. Those idiots are profiting off of everything that Trump does at a Trump-linked resort or a Trump-linked hotel, et cetera, et cetera. The American taxpayers are paying the Trump organization, and therefore, since it is a family business, the members of the Trump family themselves for using all of these facilities. This is profit. This is a huge, huge profit margin for Donald Trump and his people. Donald Trump is profiting off of the presidency in ways that we have never seen, at least in modern history. And this is go- this is more than just him collecting a salary. Again, he, the American taxpayers deserve to know what kind of profit margin he's making off of. Let's say this trip specifically, this Shinzo Abe trip. What was the profit margin for the Trump organization? And why can't we as American taxpayers yeah. who are stupidly, stupidly enriching his personal fortune with our own money, I mean, all that money that you paid to the IRS the other day mm-hmm. is money that is partly going into Donald Trump's wallet mm-hmm. for all his nefarious purposes, for all of his money laundering and corruption and payments to porn stars and payments to this goddamn Goomba wannabe lawyer who's really just a fixer, Michael Cohen. Says who? This is where your money is going. Again, this is more than Donald Trump collecting a presidential salary, which most presidents do. It's part of the job. It's part you're working a job, you're in a job, you're working for the American government, you should and deserve to collect a salary. Instead, Donald Trump is not only collecting a salary and uh, allegedly giving it back to the treasury, but he's also profiting off of all of these businesses. And that includes, I mean, you imagine the presidential entourage is not just Donald Trump and a few Secret Service agents. This is Donald Trump and a massive entourage. Do you know when they fly Air Force One to someplace, there are several like backup Air Force Ones. There's an entire convoy of military jets that accompany Air Force One all the way down to 
wherever it's going. In this case, Mar-a-Lago. And that convoy of aircraft are filled with like the presidential motorcade and the limousine and all that. All that crap has to fly with them. So that's an expense in and of itself. But once you get to Mar-a-Lago, every penny that the American government pays out in order to protect Donald Trump and to be surrounding Donald Trump and then plus all of Shinzo Abe's people and his security and his entourage and all of the backups there and whatever vehicles they have to bring to all of that uh, access to Mar-a-Lago is profit to Donald Trump. You know, we talk a lot about, well, when is Donald Trump going to release his tax returns? Well, that's a bigger deal than you could ever possibly imagine because the tax returns will tell us at least to a certain degree what he's earning off of the backs of the American people. And we find out that on Tuesday, Donald Trump uh, didn't file his tax returns. He put them on extension, hmm. like always. Because he's got, he's such a man of the people, yeah. right? You know, all you goddamn sixty-two million suckers. I know. There's Good. breaking news. What? What? What's happening? Oh uh, shit! Trump's DOJ confirms that Mueller suspects Manafort of Russia Russian collusion. I mean, not that this is a big secret. <laughs> yeah, but, that's um, like duh. Uh, but they're announcing it. I guess is from Bloomberg. Uh, mm-hmm. Manafort suspected as serving back channel to Russia. DOJ says. Special Counsel Robert Mueller's interest in former Trump campaign cha- uh, chairman Paul Manafort stemmed in part from his suspected role as the back channel. Blah 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 blah. So, a Justice Department told a Justice Department Justice <laughs> Department lawyer told a judge. Right. Okay, there well, you go. and and yeah, and of course, I mean, we're not. This isn't surprising, but it just came out. This connects, of course, up to Michael Cohen, which what we know from the Steele dossier and what we know from the recent reporting is that all of the links to from between the Trump campaign and Russia. Well, not all of the links, but but the main point guy for the longest time was Paul Manafort. He was the point guy between the Trump campaign and the Russians and whoever else was linked to the Russians in their endeavor to attack our elections. And, And once Paul Manafort was fired, Michael Cohen took over. And that's why that meeting. Meeting took place in Prague, and mm-hmm. we're going to get get to all of that in just one second. I want to expand on all of this as that news comes down, because boy, there's a there's a whole other story to tell there. But first, I want to talk about Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day is coming up. Have you written it on your calendar? Are you getting ready? Do you pronounce it Mother's Day yeah, like that's I do? Yeah, I say Mother's Day. <laughs> See, you could give flowers again on Mother's Day. Or you can give something that says you're thinking of her and all year round. Give her Fab Fit Fun. It's called Fab Fit Fun. It arrives four times a year, chock full of the latest seasonal items for home, health, beauty, and fitness. This is a box with some amazing stuff in it. These are not uh, fragrance samples or makeup samples. They're full-size products in this box, many of which are priced higher than your cost for everything in the box. So each individual item... I want that. Some some of those items cost more than the well. You have to be a mother. You have to no. You don't have to be a mother. You can be anybody. But it's a dozen things for the price of one. And guess what? I sent one to my mother. My <laughs> mother got a, a a Fab Fit Fun box. And here's what she says in reaction to her. her I've got the text. I'm holding. My, you can attest that I'm holding my phone yes. and my text message here. This is an actual text from my actual mom. She said here, I loved my Fab Fit Fun box. Such a great variety of products to keep my skin looking young, me feeling fit, and a stylish tote that's so fun to carry. All right. Well, see that? That is an endorsement that you can take to the bank. Uh, it's FabFitFun. God, this is a, a great gift item. And FabFitFun gift is just $49.99 per box. Hmm. But, but with my code, B-O-B-C, you can save $10 off your first box. Try FabFitFun today. Go to FabFitFun. Fun.com to get the box for a life well lived. Use the promo code BOBC to get $10 off your first box. That's just $39.99 for products valued over $200. Ladies and gentlemen, $200 for your mother. Again, go to FabFitFun.com, use my code BOBC, and get $10 off your first box from FabFitFun. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Thursday show. Kimberly's here. A man walks Making trouble. Making trouble. 
throwing some of the worst obscenities into our <laughs> fine sponsors' ads here on the show. Uh, I've, I've, I've cut it out of the show, but I'm so nasty. Kimberly dropped the MFR in the uh, Fat Fit Fun commercial. <laughs> That's why you're here. Uh, <laughs> just, okay. to, just to make trouble, <laughs> as usual. All right, so let's get into uh, what were we talking about before the break? Um, okay, were we, well, talk- we were talking. Um, oh God, we we're talking about we're- the breaking news regarding oh, right, uh, regarding Manafort being the point man and uh, colluding with Russia just, during the campaign. Even though it's something we all already know, it just because it's public and they're saying it publicly, it's like one step closer, inching closer and closer. Yeah. And you know what? Before I d- dig into that, I just have a single statement to make about this Nikki Haley versus Larry Kudlow thing. Mm-hmm. This is nothing more than Meatloaf versus Gary Busey. Like, we shouldn't get wrapped up in... This is one of those distractions that we shouldn't get wrapped in, up in. This is all part of the Trump chaos. This is all part of his penchant for infighting and making his people all battle it out. It, his whole like apprentice shtick. I mean, again, it's it's nothing more than what we've seen on The Apprentice for. Well, what did uh, I think it was on Chris Matthews or one of those shows last night? They were wondering if if Nikki Haley might be interested in primarying Trump in twenty twenty. Yeah, well, that could very possibly be true. I mean, I could totally see that. And you know what we learned the other night is that Eric Holder might run for president, right, on the Democratic side. Eric Holder, yeah, and that's. Not one that I expected necessarily, but now that I've been thinking about it, he might be the normalizing. I don't know. Force I don't know if he need. has. I, I did a little poll, which really is meaningless because it only had like two hundred and thirty some replies. <laughs> but it was well, kind of, that's that's more accurate than a Rasmussen poll. I just true. throw that out there. Um, it was uh, about fifty fifty. Yeah, I mean, 50/50. It was, I think Eric it was. Holder? I think it was a little. Uh, I think most people said no. Maybe like 60 some people said no. Really? Said yeah. I, I wonder why that is. I don't know. Well, I think the re- this is why. I think this is why. Because um, he's older Obama. That's all. Yeah. That's it. Well, and I think that we're, I think right now everybody wants the new Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the guy who, the woman or the man. And I think a lot of people want a woman. Yeah. But regardless of who it is. I mean, I don't care who it is as far as gender, but I think a lot of people want that coming out of nowhere superstar. Yeah, and as far as Joe Biden goes, no, 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 stop, stop with the Joe Biden support. Joe Biden is not presidential material. He was vice presidential material, Senate material, clearly presidential material good god what do we do we want to lose are, are we do we want to give donald trump a yeah, second but i don't term? think he would make it out of a primary i don't think he he's, would. he's joe biden ultimately is a good guy despite the fact that he and i always go back to this with joe biden and it's not the plagiarism thing it's not the anita hill thing it's the uh bankruptcy bill thing in 2005, oh, yeah. Joe Biden pushed this George W. Bush bankruptcy bill that reformed the bankruptcy system and screwed over millions of middle class earners who uh, a, a few years later would get all wrapped up and sucked down the uh, Great Recession hole and without much recourse in order to escape because of this goddamn bill that made it much harder for people to file a Chapter 7 clean slate bankruptcy. Thanks, Joe Biden. Well, he's a good guy. He's fun to meme, isn't he? He wears sunglasses and he says funny things. So I guess there's that. Um, Okay, so uh, Michael Cohen has withdrawn his libel suit against BuzzFeed. This bit of news is intriguing simply for its timing Mm -hmm. because what did we find out Friday night? That we found out from McClatchy that uh, that Michael Cohen did indeed meet with Russians in Prague to discuss the campaign interference and how best to proceed forward now that Paul Manafort was no longer in the picture. So this comes out as being a, uh, a key piece of the Christopher Steele dossier, which this whole BuzzFeed libel suit is entirely about. So now if we've got evidence and and it looks like Mueller is in the process of putting together evidence showing that uh, Michael Cohen was indeed in Prague when Christopher Steele places him in Prague, then that would completely blow Cohen's libel suit out of the water with BuzzFeed. Because, of course, the main thing that Cohen's mentioned about in the libel suit is his trip to Prague. 
Or is it, that's the main thing mentioned mm-hmm. in the Steele dossier is that it's, it's just Cohen and Prague, Cohen and Prague, Cohen and Prague, all throughout the, the Steele dossier. So in order for Cohen to make a case that BuzzFeed is lying, he needs to make a case that he never went to Prague. And now, because of this series of raids against Michael Cohen, you've got, and this is on top of the McClatchy story. The McClatchy story is its own thing that would completely stymie uh, Michael Cohen's uh, lawsuit here. But then you also have, uh, they potentially have his passports. If he had second passports, they got went into his bank deposit box. Who knows what else is there? Uh, ticket stubs, uh, evidence that he was in uh, Germany and then traveled down to Prague. Some sort of evidence might be in the possession of the federal government right now in the SDNY. <laughs> and, uh, and that could blow Cohen's uh, whole lawsuit out of the water. Now, the other thing is, of course, Michael Cohen, and Donald Trump, they always threaten these lawsuits, but then they never follow through. It's always coitus interruptus with their (laughs) Trump lawsuits. So that's maybe the Occam's razor explanation here is just that, that, oh, we've just, we've given up. We threatened them. We thought they could back off and and maybe uh, uh, propose a settlement. But since they didn't settle, we'll just, we'll just drop it. So that's that's possible too, but I like to think it had more to do with the McClatchy piece and more to do with these uh, these raids on Trump's stuff. On a, I mean, on Cohen's uh, uh, different locations, his hotel room, his house. What was it? His house, his hotel room, his office, yeah. and then the bank with the safety deposit right. boxes. Yeah. And we don't know how many safety deposit boxes in there, but but what would someone like Michael Cohen use a safety deposit box for? Official documents, I'm sure extra passports, uh, Mm -hmm. tapes, thumb drives with maybe audio recordings on them. That's possible in there, too. Meanwhile, Trump is still running around pissed off about the Cohen raid. And this is, again, this is, I mean, this is worth the price of admission. If that Cohen raid produces nothing, fine. At the very least, it turned Donald Trump's life (laughs) into a living hell for several days. (laughs) It's not going to return nothing, though. I know. But, I mean, just, I love the idea. And anyone who crawls up Trump's ass the way uh, Stormy Daniels has, the way Michael Avenatti has, the way uh, Robert Mueller has, the way some of the uh, members on the Democratic side in Congress have crawled up Trump's ass. That's all a positive Mm -hmm. development because any moment that Trump is pissed off and hating life in the White House is uh, is good news. So uh, there's a Wall Street Journal article talking about how some people surrounding these uh, these guys are, are concerned that uh, Michael Cohen is going to flip on Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think that's a very reasonable observation to make, given the amount of jail time that Michael Cohen faces for these financial well, crimes. Well, and I, don't, I just saw a tweet, and I don't remember who tweeted it, but they brought up the idea of, like, why are they... Um, okay, oh, I know, Stephanie Rule. I think I retweeted it, and 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 her basic. I'm going to try to find it right now. Oh, so okay. Just give well, me... I just I'll start in on this Wall Street Journal article. Okay. One of one of President Donald Trump's longtime legal advisors says he warned the president in a phone call on Friday that Michael Cohen, uh, his, uh, Trump's lawyer, would turn against the president and cooperate with federal prosecutors if faced with criminal charges. Mr. Trump made the call seeking advice from Jay Goldberg, who represented Mr. Trump in the 1990s and early 2000s. Mr. Goldberg said he cautioned the president not to trust Michael Cohen. On a scale of 100 to 1, where 100 is fully protecting the president, Michael Cohen, quote, isn't even a 1. <laughs> he said he told him this, this. Says who? Says who? There it is. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, Michael Cohen will never stand up for you if charged by the government. Mr. Goldberg said he cautioned the president. Uh, the 15-minute discussion between the two men provides an inside peek at the president's efforts to seek guidance amid the rapidly escalating developments involving Mr. Cohen. Mr. Goldberg is one of several longtime advisors Mr. Trump has reached out to as he and his legal team try to assess the uh, potential fallout from the criminal investigation of Mr. Cohen and devise a response. So that's all fun. I, do, I love the speculation on who's going to... Because that that in of itself right there, that's driving Trump nuts too. Right. Well, and okay, here I found the tweet. So <laughs> okay. Stephanie Rule says, why are Trump friends, former lawyers and associates pontificating over whether or not Cohen will flip on Trump? Why aren't they saying Trump and Cohen are innocent? Hello. Yep. Although, you know what? Everybody keeps calling him Cone. Cohen? Yeah, I've heard that. So it's, it's like, I, I always thought that it was Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. Well, whoever's saying cone, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. I I declare right now here today <laughs> that forthwith it is pronounced Cohen. Wrong. Cohen. You hear that, Chris Matthews? 
Yeah. Hello, Chris. Cohen. Cohen. He also says Tuesday. <laughs> and he says Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday Wednesday. and Tuesday. Hey, you know what? You do the best Steve Schmidt impression, and then Steve Schmidt started following you. Oh, my on, God, I know. On Twitter. Um, I only can do the impression, though, when I'm listening to him, when, so when don't he's make talking. me do it. Yeah, because that's uh, all Except that he says... Clinton, Clinton. But um, I, I was so I was so excited that he followed me, and then it was so funny because I told my podcast partner Stephanie, and she's like, "Oh my god, I have Steve Schmidt envy," and I, I just it's like the guy who ran McCain's. <laughs> like, I'm all excited about the guy who ran McCain's campaign. Yeah, the Mc, he ran the McCain Palin campaign yeah. in 2008, and then worked for the Bush administration. The same with Nicole Wallace. But I'm actually quite impressed that he followed me because yeah. he doesn't have to. He's got like over three hundred thousand, or just about three hundred thousand followers he follows he follows less than a thousand people so i thought i mean i had our i was following him mm-hmm. um so he followed me back but i was like wow that was a little surprising yeah that's I, I cool was, I, I, I was really cool i was impressed with that i will admit i also have schmidt envy i i want to go to a barbecue with schmidt and um, matthews <laughs> and and michael Steele and michael Steele. <laughs> right right they'll all be there in their uh in their docksiders with no socks docksiders no socks and their khaki uh, cargo shorts yes <laughs> Right with, with their beers. Right, they're all holding their beers in their in their uh, MSNBC beer cozies. <laughs> uh, and the real question though is, does Elizabeth Warren follow you on Twitter yet? No, she does doesn't she follow you. Well, because I figure everyone who does you she do, follow you. No, she doesn't okay. follow me yet. Not yet, or at least I not, that, know, I, she's not ever that I know. Of. I know that uh, Jennifer Granholm. I think I say fuck too much. Me. Yeah, that's probably true. No, Elizabeth Warren doesn't follow me. Maybe because she heard. Uh, you have to stop with the dirty <laughs> oh, language. Oh gosh, golly, <laughs> golly! You need to be more friendly, Kimberly. <laughs> that's right. Oh god, that's so funny. I love her though. I'm, I'm not making fun of her. No, no, I'm definitely just, I'm not. Just trying to show what a sweet woman she is. I just, I love when she starts out a run about Donald Trump. Sounding f- like full Elizabeth Warren, where it's full gosh golly mode. <laughs> and then she turns into this animal just destroying <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump. It's like, oh gosh golly, <laughs> if I had a chance to talk to Donald Trump to his face, I would stick my finger right in his beady eyeballs and I would say, you son of a bitch motherfucker. <laughs> But gosh golly, I won't do that because we're better than that as the American people. My, my Elizabeth Warren. Just, now I'm, here, everybody have some of my apple pie. <laughs> I should never have upstaged you. Yours, yours is so much better. No, okay. okay. All right. Well, speaking of uh, members of the Senate, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party. I'm just going to make this declarative statement, and I think we're all in agreement on this. Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party are completely owned by Russia now. Absolutely. This is the Russian Party. The Republican Party is now the party of Putin. And I'm going to get into this in in greater detail in just a second. We're going to take one last break, and then we're going to talk about this development with McConnell and this bill to protect Mueller and what McConnell has said, and then why perhaps McConnell is saying what he's saying right after these words. You're not going out to play until you've finished all your homework. Oh, mother scrubber. No dessert until you've eaten your vegetables. (sighs) Mother scrubber. Who's mommy's little oogie woogums? Show your mama some love. Give me a kiss. Oh, mother scrubber. You're not going out dressed like that, are you? Oh, mother scrubber. This Mother's Day, celebrate the first woman in your life, the one who taught you everything you know with a special something from Bubble Genius. Like our Mother Scrubber gift basket loaded with mama-friendly stuff, including our cocoa butter-enhanced Yo Mama bath bar and hippie stench perfume. Or Fresh Pick Suds, a lovely collection of flower soaps for your sweet ma. How about an artsy Bath the Venus bath bar? Bubble Genius has something for the best mother scrubbing mama out there. Yours. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska! is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, thank you, Buzz. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to our show today. Kimberly I love that Yes, so do I. Uh, 
Who are we talking about? Looks like reminds us of uh, Sammy Hagar. Oh, that guy from uh, Fixer Upper. Chip from Fixer Upper. Oh, yeah. Chip from Fixer Upper. He's just like Sammy Hagar. The one who always says y'all. Y'all, y'all, yeah. He's just a little, he's a little boy. Little boy playing with tools on that show. (laughs) I I, I don't know how, uh, what's her name? I I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Joanna, Joanna Gaines. She's kind of awesome, and I'm just like, why? Why do she tolerates all of his bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's why. But they really genuinely look like they love each other. So Yeah. Sort of like us. You tolerate all my bullshit. <laughs> that's for sure. Jesus. Uh, okay, so Mitch McConnell, speaking of bullshit, Mitch McConnell and the GOP entirely owned 100% by the Russians now. The GOP, as we know it, is dead. Dead. Except that it isn't. It's not, which, you know, that's the that's frustrating. The problem. Right. That's the frustrating part of all of this. Mitch McConnell. I don't put Lady Gaga. There's Mitch McConnell. I hate him. Mitch McConnell voice. He is definitely turtly enough for the Turtle Club. Turtly enough. And definitely turtly enough for Vladimir Putin because I don't do the best McConnell. I just hate him and trying to. Well, I mean. I hate that man. Chuck Grassley. I'm not supposed to hate so many people, but I hate him. Yeah. Well, Chuck Grassley, who's my impression of Chuck yeah, Grassley. Do your, do your impression. A whole lot of lumps. <laughs> That's my Chuck Grassley impression. A whole lot of lumps. Uh, Chuck Grassley. And wasn't he on the commercial? I mean, wasn't he on cartoons in the 70s? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was. A whole lot of lumps. Uh, he's just such a marble-mouthed old man, Chuck Grassley. Sorry, I'm. it's ageism, I know. Uh, but nevertheless, so Chuck Grassley's going to war against Mitch McConnell a little bit because Chuck Grassley wants to advance this bill that's protecting Robert Mueller out of his committee and wants to bring it to the floor. And of course, Mitch McConnell doesn't want to bring it to the floor because Mitch McConnell is owned by Russia. Yes, he's he's Putin's other bitch. I do not think he should fire Mueller, and I don't. I think don't he's see wrong. any evidence of that, <laughs> oh, except for last month or in December when he wanted to fire him. By the way, I hate women. (laughs) He said here, so this is a piece of legislation (laughs) that isn't necessary in my judgment. Of course. Fuck him. Yeah, I mean, why would he not... I mean, at the very least, this is an insurance policy. It doesn't mean that suddenly we're overreaching against executive authority or anything like that. It's no trespass against Article 2 of the Constitution. It's just there in case... Crazy, shitty grandpa wants to fire Robert Mueller. So what's the harm in that? If you don't think he's going to do it, fine, pass the bill anyway. Then it'll never have to be applied. Right. But he doesn't want to pass the bill. He doesn't even want to bring it to a vote. Why doesn't he want to bring it to a vote? Well, this could be one of the reasons. During the 2015-2016 election season, by the way, this is from the Dallas morning news mm-hmm. this is not and right and by the way dallas you, dallas and and by the way you can verify all this information if you want uh, at the federal election commission website or at opensecrets.org during the 2015 2016 election season ukrainian-born billionaire leonard len blavatnik contributed 6.35 million dollars to you know what this deserves uh music and i'm gonna repurpose this music <laughs> this is this is Mitch McConnell and the Republicans just getting on with Russia, and this uh, this this billionaire oligarch Len Blavatnik. He contributed six point three five million dollars to leading Republican candidates and incumbent senators. Mitch McConnell was the top recipient of Blavatnik's donations, collecting two point five million dollars for his GOP Senate leadership fund under the name of two of Blavatnik's holding companies, Access Industries and Al Altep. Or is it AI Altep Holdings? All right, well, you can look it up on Open Secrets if you want to find out. It's AI, and then second word is Altep Holdings. And those are the two uh, outfits that uh, Blavatnik funneled that money through to Republicans. Among those Republicans... Marco Rubio, Lel Marco, Marco Rubio's conservative solutions pack and his Florida First project received $1.5 million through Blavatnik's two holding companies. Other high-dollar recipients of funding from Blavatnik were PACs representing Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker, $1.1 million, million, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham at eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, now, who said he would totally support Trump winning in twenty twenty? And there it is. There's the whole explanation. 
he, he tweeted today, Lindsey Graham, Miss Lindsey tweeted, as to the 2020 presidential race, I believe President real Donald Trump will run for a re-election. And I intend to support him. Strat. Because he wanted to replace Ted's head yeah. with his own. Well, you know what? <laughs> Lindsey Graham wants a... Uh, I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to play this. Oh, vaginish vagina. <laughs> Wants a little bit of Trump's vagina. Yeah. That's what, well, this is about wanting uh, Putin's vagina, in fact, because $800,000 is not Trump, Trump change. No. This is a lot of money going to these guys' packs. Uh, Ohio Governor, this is a surprise. Ohio Governor John Kasich collected $250,000 hmm. from Len Blavatnik, Ukrainian born oligarch with ties to Oleg Deripaska. Wow. Who has links to Paul Manafort and Vladimir Putin. You know, well, this that's guy. just one good reason to not trust Kasich. Yeah. Well, Ari- there's so many other ones. But. And, 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 Jesus God, Arizona Senator John McCain got $200,000. Unbelievable. From Len Blavatnik. Strength. By the way, this is a story from August. Yeah, I know. I remember, uh, I remember this going around. It's gone yeah. around a couple of times since it came out. Oh, yeah. Lost in the memory hole at this point. But, I mean, if you need context, for you're going, why, oh, why are the Republicans, why are they getting it on with Russia like this? I thought it was just Trump. But no. <laughs> no. Well, that, you know, I mean, that's why. No, but, I mean, I think it's a combination um, as far as them not doing anything, you know, whether it's impeachment or um, talking out against the president um i think it's a combination of the money mm-hmm. and then uh, you know look vladimir putin wants to destroy america this is no big secret he's been working for a long time so i can only imagine he's been targeting um u.s senators both democratic and republican yep and so we don't know what's being held over their heads <sighs> Well, we know he's holding a lot over Trump's head. Yeah, well, that is obvious. And despite the fact that, uh, well, we know this week that Trump has, uh, I mean, the whole fight between Nikki Haley and uh, Larry Kudlow have to do actually with these sanctions. Yeah. And uh, Trump is uh, soft-pedaling on the sanctions of not putting a complete kibosh on them, which is predictable. We talked about this on Tuesday with Buzz. Uh, and how you know we were wondering, like, how are they getting away with these sanctions? Because I thought the White House is owned by Putin and, and Russian oligarchs, and how, how is this even possible? Well, the thing is, is they announced these sanctions, like like Congress announced the sanctions in, uh, back in the fall and passed this bill to to sanction the Russians on this uh, on the on the Russian interference. Oh, it actually, it was the uh, it was a bunch of different things, and uh, and Trump signed the bill and then didn't implement mm-hmm. any of those sanctions. And then they announced new sanctions the other day. Nikki Haley did. And then Trump decided, not going to do it. I'm not going to implement these sanctions. Calls calls up the ambassador, the Russian ambassador, whoever replaced Kislyak. No wanna wonga. That's a, my, my impression of <laughs> Kislyak. <laughs> uh, and, and called him up and said, we're not going to do the sanctions. Not going to do it. And then meanwhile, he gets up in a, a press conference yesterday. I guess it was with Shinzo Abe. And he said, there's been nobody tougher on Russia than President Trump. Here's a little bit of Donald Trump uh, yesterday at this press conference talking about Russia. Uh, There has been nobody tougher on Russia than President Donald Trump. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Between building up the military, between creating tremendous vast amounts of oil, uh, we raised billions and billions of dollars extra in NATO. Mm. We had a very, very severe, we were talking about it a little while, fight. Wait, raised extra billions of dollars in NATO? What the hell is he talking? Is he going, is he still on that thing with Germany and not paying their fair share? When it's just nonsense, it's like each individual nation is allowed to spend a certain amount of their GDP on military defense. That's the requirement. I don't know what Trump's talking about. It's like somehow he's going to get money from Germany and these other countries. He's full of shit. Mm -hmm. But somehow he thinks that his slow walking on NATO and his criticisms of NATO somehow translate to him doing good things for NATO, which is just horseshit. In Syria recently, a month ago, between our troops and Russian troops, and that's very sad. Very but sad. Ma- it's so sad. So unfair. So unfair. By the way, when is Tony Atamanik coming back I with don't the president's show? Comedy Central, get off your ass. Find some balls and renew this goddamn show already. And I just let want to throw him stay that in there. As, like, I like 
what I like about Tony Tamanik is that he portrays like the dark, the dark, dark side Trump. of Trump. Yeah, he's like trying he's to. Not the obvious, silly, obvious. Yeah, stuff. like the SNL Trump is very different than the Tony. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think that Alec Baldwin is funny, especially the way he just t- trolls Trump with his lips and everything. Yeah, the more, but I mean, more that's like the silly version. Yeah, and Tony just explores. The dark side of Trump's brain. Yeah, it's a total deconstruction of Trump and Trumpism and the Trump it's White a brilliant, House. And, it's brilliant. Yeah. But I mean, this whole amp, what he's talking about here, how our troops engaged Russian troops, uh, he makes it seem as if he took a tough stance by fighting Russia. I, I told the troops, I said, go in there, fight them hard, fight them so hard, and don't be unfair or sad. And that's what he told the troops. He said, don't be unfair or sad. Um, <laughs> oh, but actually what happened is the Russian troops ambushed us. Remember the story that uh, that Rachel told? It was a, 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 a very involved story. It took place in Africa, and, uh, and, and Russian troops ended up engaging American troops in an ambush. That was Russia ambushing us. Not Trump being tough on Russia. And this is the first we've heard him talk about it. I mean, Vladimir Putin's soldiers fired upon American troops. And Donald Trump has yet to condemn Russia for doing that. Instead, he lies about it, makes it seem like he did something great that was supposed to piss off Vladimir Putin somehow. He is wrong, 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 wrong. People died in that fight. They died. There is little babies, little babies and people. There's been nobody tougher than me. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. With the media, no matter what I did, it's never tough enough because that's their narrative. But Russia will tell you there has been nobody tougher okay. than it, Donald Trump. Yeah, because Vladimir Putin's got his tongue up your ass. Um, here's what, yeah, this is again another big Trump tell. Whenever he says nobody's been then fill in the then blank, it's over. Yeah, that means he's totally lying. It's like saying, believe me, yeah. or this I can tell you. Yeah, here are some uh, greatest hits from Donald Trump as far as his nobody, nobody, nobody's been tougher, nobody's harder on Russia than Donald Trump, President Trump. He said in uh, April 2016, nobody knows the system better than I do. That's completely untrue. He's never read the Constitution. I don't believe he's read a single word of the Constitution. Uh, he didn't appear to know that the CBC stands for the Congressional Black Caucus. I mean, there's just every single, you know, you come up with a million different examples showing that he doesn't know how the system works at all. So when he says nobody knows the system better than I do, that means he's, of course, lying. He said here also, no, there's nobody bigger or better at the military than I am. There's nobody bigger or better at the military. Oh, my God. He's so stupid. There's nobody bigger at the military. What does that even mean? There's nobody bigger this at is, the military. This is where Comey gets it wrong. Yeah. Above average no shit. Wrong. I mean, wrong. Uh, he also said here in June 2016, he said, there is nobody who understands the horror of nuclear more than me. <laughs> oh, my God. New, the horror of nuclear. Nobody. Nobody. Understands it more than him. He didn't know what the nuclear triad was. I, he, in a question about the nuclear triad, he said, I think, I think for me, nuclear is just the power. The devastation is very important to me. And then he also said, you know what uranium is, right? The thing called nuclear weapons. Like lots of things are done with uranium, including some bad things. <laughs> Very, yeah. very, very bad. Nobody understands the uh, the horror Believe of nuclear me. more than more than me. Uh, in July 2016, he said uh, here for some reason, uh, I know more about Cory Booker than he knows about himself. Oh, God. <laughs> There's a blatant lie. Uh, number five uh, in October 2016. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. <laughs> nobody. Nobody has more respect. Clearly, that is false. See also pussy grabbing in every story we told at the top of this show. Uh, In February 2016, he said, nobody reads the Bible more than me. Nobody, nobody reads it. Not even theologians, not even biblical scholars, not even the the Pope. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He also said here, there is nobody that feels stronger about the intelligence community and the CIA than Donald Trump. There's nobody, he said. He also said about the CIA, I love you, I respect you, there's nobody I respect more. Except for himself. Except for himself, right? (laughs) 
That, of course, means that he's lying yes. all the way across the board. He's so full of shit. Uh, you know what? Um, I, I just I wanted to do a brief mention of this uh, Pompeo visit to uh, to uh, North Korea as we wrap up the show here today. Um, this is clearly... The, I mean, the Trump administration is using North Korea and whatever negotiations it's going to get into with North Korea as a pretext for getting Mike Pompeo... Uh, confirmed as the next Secretary of State, and and that's that's why Pompeo went to North Korea. In fact, I would be amazed if he actually did meet with Kim Jong Un. I'm I'm skeptical that that meeting ever even happened because these guys just lie, lie, yeah. lie. I mean, we haven't even gotten into all of the lies about Robert Mueller. Yeah. I mean, Sean Hannity is telling a series of lies every night. And you know what's so scary about that? Now, at this point, 50% of Republican voters now believe that the FBI is acting with a political bias against Donald Trump. Yeah, well, that's where they've been successful. The FB fucking I has, has a bias against Donald Trump. Yeah, you know what? If that is true, I wonder why. I wonder why that could be after... Maybe he's only attacking them every fucking day since 2016. That's right. He, he called 2015. them a, a den of thieves, he referred to them as. Yeah. Uh, last year, he referred to them as a Nazi... He compared them to Nazi but Germany, of course, that's for God's not sake. partisan, though. But that's not partisan. Not partisan at all. He's... They're just protecting themselves against him. All right, And he's well, not Republican, anyway. Kimberly Johnson's podcast, her amazing podcast with Steph Walton, is at... Uh, Patreon.com slash start me up. And we're going to have Molly Jong Fast on. Oh, um, that's huge. That's coming a, up on Wednesday. That's a real get. Molly Jong Fast is awesome and funny and informed, and, and she's got very famous parents. <laughs> and then you had Scott Dworkin on last yes. time, and Scott Dworkin broke some news on your show. When you have to listen, you can't, don't reveal the news that he broke on the yes. show. You, just have to, you have to listen to uh, Kimberly and Steph's podcast. It's again, patreon.com slash start me up. It's a similar situation that we have here insofar as if you pay extra, you get a uh, sort of a post-mortem show. It's called And Another Thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But go and support that show. Do it right now. Also, ARK Stories. Yeah, it's ARK-Stories.com. Meanwhile, Buzz Burbank is found at buzzburbank.com. Mark and Lowell, the Mark and Lowell show is at realmnetwork.com. Jody Hamilton is at from-the-bunker.com. I almost lost it there on that uh, (laughs) domain name. I've been perfecting it over the years. What can I say? Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. Charles Johnson's at littlegreenfootballs.com. Postmortem shows next. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. A whole lot of lumps.